Hey, Adam. It's me, David Seraph of Seraph Industries. What are you doing? How are those enhancements coming along? I didn't get these by choice. Adam, oh, don't be so upset. Let's go get a pizza pie. I don't like pizza. Me either. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) This is classic. For the rated NA podcast, uh, what rated NA thirty six for the nerd appropriate dot coms <laughs> on the internet? Ash kicked my microphone while I was Sorry. talking. It's not my fault. I was jostling. Plus, I just played Adam Jensen. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> <sighs> What's up, Foos? What's up, Foos? How you guys doing? <laughs> This is going to be a fucked up episode, isn't it? I love it. I don't know how... I, can we move on from that? I, I literally... I just finished editing 35, like, nine hours ago, uh, so I feel like I've just been on a straight podcast for... A never-ending cycle. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I'm still playing Deus Ex. How about you? I'm still playing Deus Ex as well. You liking it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I beat it late, late last night. Ooh. Yeah, I did. Let's let's do a quick rundown on what we're talking about this week for our um, beloved listeners. Go this is it. fun because I've learned that I don't always edit out what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. and then I edit out things that we don't oh, that we yeah. talk about. I think so. that happened in thirty four. It, it really... happens again in thirty five. Don't worry. Excellent. Well, sometimes you know these are things we may lost be content. About <laughs> Maybe stuff. we'll make Matt if... edit together pieces of lost episodes, <laughs> like a best of. <laughs> if yeah. we don't if we don't go crazy long on one section, then uh, this is what we'll be talking about. Sweet. <laughs> new I was waiting for one of you guys to do it. <laughs> new releases. We got new releases this week that we're going to talk about. Uh, just some news on that. We've got shoes that are back for the future. Uh, and then we've got boobs. We're yeah. going to talk about boobs. We are. Um, we've got reviews for uh, the mobile game Squids, a uh, Kinect game called Lead Me's. Uh, we're going to talk more Deus Ex because we can't get enough of talking. This is the third week in a row we will be talking yeah. Deus Ex. Uh, and then I've got picks for the 52 this week. 13 new ep- new episodes, new issues came out. We're going to talk about those. And then we've got our Twitter discussion. Yes. Which was... Uh, which is also sort of Deus Ex related, but not exactly. Sort of Deus Ex related. And uh, and uh, that'll be that today. Awesome. Awesome. What did you guys do this week? Well, this week has been kind of busy. I thought it was going to be... It was a short week because of the holiday. Um, so I thought it was going to be, was that this week? That was this week. That <laughs> was Monday. Like that yeah. And yeah. I thought it was going to be like, you know, go by really quick and it, but it felt like double, double length week. So <laughs> it's been long. Um, I basically run home and, uh, play Deus Ex before my wife got home and, and try and get as many hours as I could. And, um, but other than that, just been kind of, you know, doing some stuff for the site. Um, and, uh, Having some fun. Instead of uh, talking about Deus Ex at this present moment, let's. What are you going to play after it? After you, now that you. Oh, are I, I um, it? I already picked up Space Marine because ah. I, I used to play 40k a little bit. 
Very and, good. Um, I have Space Marine already installed and ready to go, but I have not played it yet. Nice. Matt? I, too, played Deus Ex this week. Your experience was a little different, was it not? Do you I have a shitty TV. I have a really <clears throat> horribly shitty TV, and I'm getting really tired of games that can be not played on a shitty TV. And Deus Ex is well within the range of games that are fucking awful to play. I don't understand the trend of um, yellow text on orange background, or like yeah, like or light blue text on blue background. I feel like there there just aren't usability people at these places. They're just like just that, that, you know, those colors look futurish. Put it out. Futurish colors. We'll see in the future. We're <laughs> what did Mass Effect use? Orange and yellow? Yeah, do that. That seems like a yeah. good idea. <laughs> It's like it's unreadable. So, and this game requires a lot of reading, you know, and, that it does. or or not that even that it requires a lot of reading. It, it just I feel like experience. I feel like I'm missing out on half the game if I can't read things. Like the fucking uh, the pocket decks or whatever. That yeah, yeah. they're just like they're just stories. They're, they have nothing to do with the game itself. Yeah, but you but they give you background. Them. Yeah, they're light blue text on blue background. Yep. Yes, they are. Oh, like the little <laughs> magazines, like the, like, the yeah, the newspaper. What the fuck? The books and then the e-books. news. The newspapers you pick up. The text. The text is like a uh, uh, six point font. I don't even know. I don't even know how small it is, but it's it's literally unreadable on my TV. Even on like the modern TV that I have, I have to get up from the couch and get like a little closer oh, yeah? to read some of those yeah. articles. Yeah. So I've played it. Um, I'm about I'm probably about I don't know five six hours in seven maybe. Cool. Uh, other than that, I have too also been working on stuff for the site, but a cool. different stuff for the site. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa! What? I am also working on stuff for the site. <laughs> what that is I, happening? That I don't, I don't know that we're going to discuss today, but maybe. Sweet. Maybe, maybe you'll sneak it in there. Maybe by the time this comes out, you'll already know what S- what we're doing. Slip it in, so to speak. Yeah, we'll just we'll just slip it right in there. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> This is a, a broken ass episode. Man, out of context, that just sounds yeah, creepy, doesn't it? It does totally sound creepy. Yeah. We're sorry for you people that listen to this and think we're total creeps now. Well, fall is here. It is, and that means new video games. And that means a new game every week, and until the end of uh, fall. This summer seemed particularly bad, did it not? It was freaking a... awful. Nothing came out this summer. First of all, let's let's talk about how nothing came out this summer. Literally, I cannot think of anything that I picked up this summer at all. Some I, I did some Xbox Live. Yeah, some of those. there was some summer Bastion. arcade stuff. Some of arcade was stuff a, that was good was a winner. But, um, but I can't think of anything. Yeah, I honestly don't think I'm I actually going to verify this while you guys talk yeah, about it. Yeah, so I I um I post picked up Captain America. That was good. That's true. But it was definitely not a blockbuster title. I, I played. Um, oh wow! I I honestly can't remember anything that I played over the summer. It um, went by very very quickly. You were gone for half the summer as well. I was. Yeah, the last month i was i was out of out of sorts but so. um yeah i, to, I uh, went back and played old stuff i like played some dragon that's Age what again, i did too and yeah. I played yeah some you know some old dlc and some dead space dlc and stuff yeah. like that but for the most part it was uh, a dead dead summer and and kind of the question is why do you guys do you think that's the motivation for that is purely financial do you think that Gaming companies just don't want to release stuff in the summer because it doesn't sell as well, or do you think it's because um, I don't know? Do you think it's because there's? Uh, I think it's because of holidays. Holidays? You think so? I think they they hold their releases for the holidays. You know, if kids are part of your, or you know, younger players are part of your customer base, like those those people probably go on vacations on during summertime. Vacation camp. Yeah. Yeah. They're just gone. They're doing things. There's no holidays to buy games for them. That's very true. 
So I mean, it, it's just interesting because it's gonna it's getting to the point where it's gonna be very 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 crowded uh, this holiday season. And like just um, this couple, past couple weeks, we have Resistance three, uh, Dead Island, Space Marine. Uh, Gears three is next week, so by the time this is out, Gears three will probably probably be on the shelves. Does that come out on the 20th or the 27th? The 20th. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, Gears 3 is on the 20th. I'm not allowed to cancel my pre-order. You're not. Oh, really? GameStop won't let me. Really? I have to go in and do it in oh, person. Oh, I don't, I don't uh. think I'll be here for that release, so I'll have to catch up with you guys when uh. I get back in town. It's cool. Bummer. You know, I haven't read a single good thing about Dead Island, or like at least a single overwhelmingly positive review about Dead Island. Yeah. kind of makes me nervous. Ooh. One thing I heard that was kind of intriguing about it is that it was it played a lot like a Fallout game, uh, which is good. Yeah, sure, um, of course. If you, you know, I mean, Fallout has a lot of wonderful things going for it. I wouldn't say that gameplay is a, a strong part of the Fallout right. series. Yeah, like, shooting I, feels like shit in that game, and melee combat kind of feels like shit. But it's a little the, awkward. The overall, um, the overall presentation makes it really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I hear it's a lot like that, but uh, you can four-player co-op it, which is kind of weird. So I, I just are we over zombies? You know, I think if they're done, if they're done really well, then that's you know doesn't matter. I mean, a story is a story. It's the, the people that are in it, you know, the situations yeah. that they're in. It doesn't really necessarily matter what the protagonist is. So if it's a a good story with some good characters, then yeah. I'm all for it. But, I guess I, I just feel like like. Yeah, it's getting to glut now. Like it's just like throwing zombie modes in games and putting zombies out, and it's like why? You know, they don't have to be zombies. You could yeah. just say that everybody was infected. Yeah, and like not use the Z word. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, well, but I mean, it's still. Well, I mean, like twenty-eight days later, it, but right, it's still, yeah. it's still the same thing, you know. But I, I mean, like I think twenty-eight days later is almost a good point. Like there were a lot of zombie movies coming out when that came out, and that was kind of refreshing yeah it was. it was like it was like something brand new with the j- same genre and i feel like okay we got left for dead now we've got dead island and it's like okay yeah, yeah. yeah i just feel i don't know i feel like they're just as long as they keep selling people will keep making them yep it's, like uh, zombie mode for fucking red dead like and i know it was fun but still it was like what does that have to do with anything you know? i could have used another 20 hour G- dlc chunk for that game that didn't have anything to do with zombies as much as i really loved it it yeah. still was kind of like oh well zombies and they. zombies in borderlands yeah there's... which was fun and that was... again it was really fun and done well but it's like but that yeah. was funny that's yeah, the difference, yeah. You know? i hope dragons become the new zombies and everything just sure. has a dragon mode because <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know why not dragons sure. are fucking Could you cool. imagine dragons with like a fully auto you're just like sitting up there just piling away yeah. at people while you're riding a dragon around. See, okay, this brings up something about <laughs> modding. <laughs> this brings up something about modding. There's an old Battlefield 1942 mod called Killer Commando, and it was the most ridiculous <laughs> fucking thing ever. There were monster trucks that had nitro in Battlefield 1942. and 1942. Were, yes, yeah. and they were pilotable dragons. <laughs> and get this. This is what was rad. Okay, so the dragons, you could fly them around, and they kind of flew like a B-17. But the hands of the dragons, the claws, other players can crawl inside the claws and then shoot out of the hands. So the dragon would be flying around, and other players would be shooting out of the hands. And then the dragons, if you hit fire button while you're in the dragon, it made it sound kind of like this. <laughs> so you could just fly around the map roaring at people, and it just made you laugh endlessly. And we played it for, like, I don't know, endless hours, just 
cruising around in the dragon. So everything needs a dragon mode. I, I think you just created the storyboard for Brutal Legend 2. There you go. <laughs> right there. Monster trucks and dragons that you can ride in. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. That's in my play pile. I bought it for like $5 still at Target. A game. Just I, I really like Brutal Legend. I still Legend. like it. I really did. <clears throat> um, so I've actually been hearing good things about Resistance 3, surprisingly. Uh, I don't have a PS3, though, so I'll never experience it ever I, in my I life. I was never a big fan of this <laughs> franchise. I, I tried the first one and the second one, and I kind of got the same, um, unfortunately, the same generic sci-fi feel. Like, I didn't know enough about the universe or care yeah. enough about the universe to really, like, get immersed. I was just like, I'm a commando dude, and Earth's getting invaded by horrible creatures, and I'm running through suburban neighborhoods fighting them with really big guns. And I was like... Other than that, I don't know fucking what the hell is going on. And right. everything was just like this kind of very raw, generic sci-fi to me. So I yeah. don't know. I was kind of um, – d- didn't become a huge fan of Resistance. And then Space Marine, I think we're going to talk more about next week. So. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, I talked to Derek a little bit about it. And Derek's crazy. So he's already uh, beaten the campaign, which he says is only about seven or eight hours Mm, um, and then is. he says uh, multiplayer is actually a lot of fun. There's something over a, a billion different player customization options, and he literally said a billion, and I think he literally meant a billion, not just exaggerating. <laughs> okay. So, um, and also they're putting out uh, a horde mode for Space Marine next month as, I think, free DLC. So um, I, I bought a copy of it. I'm going to hang on to it. I, uh, I love the universe, so I'm all stoked for that. And I think just on a side note, I'm pretty sure that the um – Shadow of Colossus and Ico pack comes out on uh, September 20th as well. Nice. So that'll be fun. Nice. Might check that out. There's a deal. So my question, I know the other week you said that you were canceling your Gears pre-order because of the DLC bundle pack. Are you still doing that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, mean, it's already canceled, so I guess in the sense that... And I I realized that when the the day the game comes out, I would have been out of town anyways. Yeah. you know, I, I think I might just wait for the, the craziness to die down and see where things lie. You know, like, I obviously do want to play it, you know, to the extent that, like, there's a crowd available to play it and yeah, yeah. whatever, you know. Um, but it's like $30, like, on top of a game that, you know, I'm not, like, a super fan. Like, I do enjoy the series. But yeah. when you when you put that out there, like, right at the out, you know, on the it onset. It is a day, day it, one DLC. Doesn't yeah. it feel like... Doesn't it feel like originally DLC was, and I know we've talked about this before, but it feels to me like originally DLC was a way to extend the life of a game Yeah. after the game comes out and a way to put some money in the developer's pocket because games are expensive to make and not necessarily will $60 cover, you know, depending on how much it sells. Uh, Doesn't it seem like that's not the case anymore? (laughs) Like DLC is just like, Here's chunks of the game we don't really care to sell you originally, and then we're gonna like this. Especially feels like a kick in the pants because it's like day one. It's like yeah, obviously lot, part of the game, and they just decided not to put it in the game itself. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, go ahead, Scott. I would submit um, that uh, what was that? Game? You've been working on your PhD too long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would submit. Uh, that. <laughs> Cliffy B and Associates wrote in 2011 in the Journal of Douchebag Rate. No, um. <laughs> There was uh, the the game Enslaved actually had uh, a piece of DLC that was like they took the game engine and essentially built an entirely new game on top yeah. of it um, with one of the characters from the game. And I think it was maybe four or five hours long, but, you know, still like in the 10 to 15 dollar range. That's which cool. 
which I thought was a, a tremendous value. And, and definitely it didn't, it, it wasn't like the type of DLC where it's like, if you didn't play it, you felt like you were missing out. Cause it was just a whole different story. Well, yeah, but it's like, it's like borderlands. All the, all that DLC felt like an extension. It felt like I was getting more borderlands by buying right. the DLC Correct. and yeah. not necessarily like, Oh, this zombie mode was obviously in here the whole time, you know, like, yeah. or this piece of story was obviously, you know, that, here you the know, whole that time. that's the case when you go to buy, the DLC, and then like as soon as you buy it, it goes oh, downloaded. <laughs> You're yeah, like, yeah. okay, yeah, it was on the disc. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know, you tricksters. Yeah, no, I don't know. I agree. There's something. I don't. Uh, I feel like it's not. I don't think DLC is inherently evil. You know, I mean, I, I understand the need for it, and I understand you know wanting to capitalize on a game that's popular. Well, I, I have no issues with that. I just feel like I don't know. It's just weird. It's it, just weird. It's to... kind of weird because if the if the idea is is like okay, this game costs us a lot of money to make, we need to make this money back, right? Um, you know, I don't know that you can just put the game out for $90 with everything included, but it's also weird to like put the game out for 60 and go, Hey, and there's 30 more dollars yeah. left to spend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if well, you... I mean, if they put it out for $90, you and me wouldn't buy it. Right. I guess because we're true. not big enough fans. So we yeah. might buy the $60 version and just forego the DLC, but then we're never going to get the full experience that they're playing with them. But like, I enjoy the game enough that I would like to see the full experience, right. but maybe not for $90. That's it's kind of like a double edged. But I guess then what they're saying is wait, because you and I can wait. And then the game will come out with some game of the year edition that has all the stuff in it. And it's going to be 60 bucks, which is how gears two came out. Like, right. That's what, I guess yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like I understand the thought process. I get I get it all. It just is it's just starting to feel weird to me. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just odd to, to it's say just, it's DLC yeah. when it doesn't really feel like DLC. It feels like Yeah. Here's I mean, the here's more of the game that we made that we didn't put in the game. No, I, I agree. I mean I think definitely um a lot of it is, you know, especially when you're getting like item packs and things like that that yeah. cost money, that's kind of like, well, you know, I mean you do don't you, have do to you buy know it, what it's going to be? Is it like multiplayer um, maps or campaign? It's going to be a little bit of everything. So there's going to be unlockable mm. characters for multiplayer and for horde mode. And it's going to be, they're obviously not going to add any weapons because Gears is really adamant about balance. Right. So they'll never add any weapons, but um, they may add some weapon skins, um, probably some more maps for horde and some more maps for multiplayer, things like that. But cool. So I mean, for fans, like you know, getting all the characters and stuff is is cool because they put a lot of effort into making the models this time around. So, so that's cool. Cool. All right, the next bit of stuff we have. Um, Scott and I are are large Back to the Future fans, and um, sort of uh, one of our dreams probably was to own the Back to the Future two shoes. Um, Not to mention the self drying jacket too. Yes. Yeah. So the Back to the Future Nikes, uh, they. <laughs> are actually currently on sale, but they cost more money than we care to spend on them. So they are actually... Um, well, but... Oh, but... You could use them and not have a car. Oh. That's true. You could sell your automobile, <laughs> and then you could have shoes that have LED lights I in think them. I, I think I heard somebody say that there was a disclaimer somewhere that says, like, these are not intended to be, like, actual footwear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Like, they look horribly uncomfortable, to be honest They with probably you. are. They probably get really hot from all those lights yeah. and, like, well, motor, motors and shit And inside. they're fucking, like, they go up halfway up your calf, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. So the shoes, uh, I guess... They're the called Back for the Future, right? Yeah, I guess the real idea behind them is that they're only making 1,500 pairs. And yeah, these are they're collectors. Selling, they're selling them on eBay, and then the proceeds are going to go to the uh, Michael J. Fox Foundation. Right. Um, and I actually went online and looked on eBay, and I think I looked at 
Um, there were maybe like 15 size 10s on simultaneously with about 14 hours to go. Yeah. And all of those shoes were over 5K already with 14 that's hours. Ridiculous. Usually things, they're going to hit 10 grand. Things will double in the last you yeah. know, few hours. Yeah, so, they're yeah. going to hit 10 grand. That That's crazy. It's good for charity, though. It's all for collectors. What's cool is that they did make a promo commercial to, yeah, to advertise. It was really good. And, um, did you watch that? No, I didn't. Christopher, uh, Christopher Lloyd makes an appearance as, yeah, yeah. as Doc no Brown way. for the commercial. And that's then uh, great. what's his name from... Uh, uh, not Forte, but uh, it was a football player in it, right? No, no, no. From Saturday Night Live is the salesman. Oh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah, Bill Hader's in love. The Bill Hader. Too, He's yeah, hilarious. So it's it's really good. Um, yeah, definitely watch the video. Maybe we'll we'll put that. Did you put it up? I did not. I mean, we'll put it up on the site then. Cool. But yeah, they look cool. Yeah, they I look mean, like exact, but they they make the joke that they're not self lacing. Oh, they're not? No. No. It's more it says like in a... four years is what they keep saying. Yeah. Because in 2015. Uh, yeah. Okay. So hopefully – okay. Here's here's my problem with this. It's awesome, first of all. It's for charity. Yep. It's for you know Michael J. Fox and Parkinson's and all that stuff. Um, but I want a pair that actually does what it does on the <laughs> fucking movie, and I want to be able to afford it. Just put them out. Put them out in Foot Locker for 200 bucks, and I would totally – I would oh, splurge, yeah. and I of would course. buy a pair. And I would wear them to work. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, even then, it would be difficult to acquire them, especially if it's sold in limited quantities. Like when those, um, the first run of the Star Wars Adidas came out. Oh, yeah. Like those were impossible to get. Like, Yet somebody we know still got them. I bought a pair <laughs> that was uh, not in my size. Just, oh, right. just to, just have, to them. have them. Yeah. Where are they now? Did you get the Skywalker ones, right? I got the Skywalker one. Don't yeah. you have like. A shit ton of Star Wars stuff, like stashed in storage someplace. I, I don't. I mean, I don't have as much as I used to. Um, I I kind of I did pare it down. Did you sell it, or just did you to, just give yeah, it to the homeless? I did a little bit of both. You gave Star Wars, so that that homeless Vader guy is because of you. What? There's a homeless Vader downtown. No, homeless I, Vader. No, I. Hom- you never I, seen homeless Vader? I no. haven't seen him. Hey, you know, hobo with a Vader mask on, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Some of the stuff you was... never go downtown. How do you know this? <laughs> It, everyone knows about homeless Vader. <laughs> everybody, everybody does, <laughs> and and now we know too. So I thought that was Scott's everybody doing. Everybody knows about homeless Vader. <laughs> no, I, I just felt like I mean, I had... if you were a hobo, wouldn't you want to be a Vader hobo? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what is going on? Sorry, man. It's been a long fucking week. Everybody's been hit by the economy pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> hard Even to keep it. No. Hey, no. <laughs> Anyway. So boobs. moving along, boobs. Yeah, there's um. Oh, jeez. Okay, so <laughs> can't can't keep it together today. Yeah, there's um a lot of different <laughs> a lot of different things that kind of made me um want to put this in here for the episode. And there's uh oh yeah yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the first thing was um we posted an article um I will say this it was the beginning of September. So beginning of September. Uh, called Does Sex Sell Gears of War 3? Anya Gets Risque. And it's something um, I don't know if, you know, um, the bulk of the population, the gaming population would have ever seen because it's actually from a foreign FHM magazine. It wasn't for the one that was released here. But um, the character of Anya Stroud is kind of depicted by this model by the name of Anna Simon in this kind of risque photo shoot. And um, she's running around with like a corset on and like a leather bikini and you know, really low cut tank tops. And that's kind of not what the character is really about. So we put the, the ad up or the, not sorry, we put the article up and kind of just wanted to see what the reaction was. And we got some, some pretty good comments. They were very mixed. People are like, yeah, sex sells. 
who cares? It's all in good fun. And then other people basically said, hey, this is um, one of the major reasons why uh, female gamers kind of feel, um, you know, put out by, by things like this. And they kind of feel like this is the wrong direction to take such a strong female character in to kind of sexualize her and make her into a sex object. I think the bigger issue with it was that they sold this as, hey, look, we're putting a female in Gears of War, a playable female in Gears of War, uh, that's strong and it's like tough is like one of the dudes like you can run around and do whatever you want with her and then they're like ah fuck it here she is in a bikini <laughs> and you're like what? yeah i i agree yeah <laughs> i read your comment to that and i i was laughing because it was they really did make a, a big deal out of like oh you know we are we're gonna have these strong these strong female characters they're gonna be non-sexualized they are, you know, they're known for their intelligence and their strength. And then, like, all of a sudden, there's this, like, secret photo shoot yeah. from South America FHM where, like, her boobs are hanging out and she has, like, the lancer in her hand. And, like, now, you're like, oh, wait a second here. Now, what if – and I thought about this because I was like, if I was them, if I was their marketing, you know, guy, what I would have done is picked, like, a uh, like an MMA fighter or picked, like, picked, like a strong female. Yeah. And then even if it's like slightly sexualized, to me, I feel like that would have been different than here's a model that has literally nothing to do with anything that we're doing anything for. We put her in a bikini and gave her a Lancer. Uh, and she's blonde, so she's Anya. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like <laughs> Other than being blonde, she looks nothing like the character looks. So. But you know what I mean? Like what if they what if they had put uh, you know, uh, an athlete of some sort that like, you know, like Could've. that girl Crush from American Gladiators. Yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah. She's a badass. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like seriously, like they they put they put like an actual tough female in the position, and then you know she's in a lancer with like a wife beater on or whatever, yeah, a tank yeah. top or something. That, that, that would have been be, different. Yeah, I think it'd be totally. I mean, and I'm by no means a, a prude, but I I agree with the people that said this is like kind of kind of in poor taste because you know Epic Games catches a lot of flack for being really rah rah and being really macho. And they did go on record saying, hey, we're trying not to be like that. We want more female yeah, fans. And yeah. this is just sort of like a little bit of Do you of think they thought the since it's not in America, they could just squeeze this by without anybody really? I mean, it's definitely not going to make as big of a stink as I it mean, was. I mean, sex at... is marketed in other countries. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely. No joke. Yeah. I think um, it was, I don't want to say fly, trying to fly under the radar, but definitely, you know, not. It wasn't going to explode like it would be if it was on yeah. shelves here in America. Well, yeah. I mean, there's this movement going in this country, at least, where, you know, like, we are kind of fighting for this sort of equal gender equality in gaming and all this, you know. Um, there was actually, that kind of reminds me of uh, an article that I wrote on MSNBC um, about the uh, female character model for Firefall. Okay. Who's got, like, half of her body armor missing from the lower portion of her, of her body. Like, yes. she's got, like, a whole leg exposed you know with her with her butt hanging out or whatever she does and she has basically like an iron bikini on yeah and then uh so somebody actually wrote uh sort of like an editorial piece about this and like kind of wrote it from the perspective of like you know if i was going into battle i would kind of say like you know what the fuck where's the other half of my armor you know and then she actually um brings up uh holly um holly conrad in her oh, really? in her like you know she says like She's like, now Commander Shepard is a character who, like, knows how to properly clothe herself for battle. And, like, there's a picture of, um, of Holly, her, Conrad, yeah. Holly Conrad in the article in her oh, um, cool. Femship gear, which is pretty cool. So, that's very cool. But, I mean, like, that's, I mean, again, another instance of something like that where it's like, you know, why, you know, why is the guy fully armored like a Gears character, but the woman has a leg and an arm exposed? You know, yeah, it's kind of like a weird thing. Like, I think the thing that got me with the Gears thing, and we're going to get to the Liara toy in a second because it's another one, but... 
the thing that got me with the gears thing was just that I remember them marketing on you as the opposite of what this is. I, I think that's, it's not that it's not like, cause if this was gears three and that had not ever happened and then they did this even in the American FHM, I mean, it's, it's epic. I would not have been blown away at all. I would have been like, yeah, of yeah. course that's how they're marketing their game. Dick that's what they're trying to do. You know, that's their shtick. But when they verbally said like, Hey, we don't want to do this. We're trying, we're really, look, we're putting a strong female in a bikini right over there. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. So the, so the other thing that you posted was like a, uh, a model came out for the Liara toy. Yeah. It's actually about to come out. It's not quite out yet. Now but... is this sanctioned by, this is, Bioware? this is sanctioned by Bioware. Um, and it's a really famous sculptor. His name's, um, slipping my mind now. So hopefully you guys can pull it up before I can, cause I threw a link in there. But um, a lot of Mass Effect fans are kind of upset because we Japanese design house Koto Bukia. There we go. But um, you know Liara is known for for her intelligence. That makes a lot more sense. She by is the way. A, she is an she is an art she's she's a scientist scientist. Yep. Thank you, and she's uh, incredibly intelligent, and she goes on to become the shadow broker. And she's not um, the most sexualized of, of Mass Effect characters. You know, she's very. Um, uh, I, what's the right word I'm looking for? She's kind of like strong-willed. Yeah, she you know? is. Like she not, is. Not a uh, pushover. You know, like she, there was an entire comic series of her fighting to save, you know, Shepard's body and, yeah, yeah. and all this. And Absolutely. Kind of doesn't, the personification of her in this statue doesn't really match well, up the with. the face, after reading that it's a Japanese design house, the face makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, the face is very kind of baby doll anime-ish. And it, look, yeah, and it makes her look much younger than... This is like they basically took an apple seed uh, model and then put Liara's face. And yeah, I can like... see that. And, and the, I think what a lot of fans are upset about uh, with the model is the fact that they're they changed her actual costume. Um, yeah. So that her chest is kind of exposed. They basically she's a just huge. Like... Che- her chest is way bigger too. <laughs> Plus, she's doing the whole like push your arms together move. Yeah. You know. Yeah. To, like... yeah. Yeah. So I mean. I guess what gets me about this is I'm just surprised that Bioware was like, yeah, do it. Yeah, They've been I, so faithful to all their stuff. I think they just kind of gave the artist free reign, and they know that that model is going to sell a whole lot. Um, yeah. Even if it does catch a lot of flack from fans, I think it's going to sell very well once it actually goes on sale. So that's, I think, you know, unfortunately, I think money is a big motivator in the games industry. Well, of course it is in the games industry. Uh, <laughs> duh. But what? I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, they're going to kind of go against their, their better job. But I mean, this isn't going to make them $2 million. This is going to no. sell, you know, yeah, that's true. a couple hundred thousand probably. And, yeah. and that'll be it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. So the sex, fact that it's Japanese, sells. I didn't read that before. That makes a lot, a lot more sense. It looks like an anime version of her. Yeah. But does. with like boobs, it does, which does is odd. Stuff. So. It's a little confusing. It is. All right, well, we're going to come back um, with some reviews. We've got some game reviews and comics, so we will be back in a moment. All right. guys just listened to some music from the mobile game Squids by the Game Bakers, coming soon for the iOS and soon for the Android. 
All right. How are you guys doing? <laughs> well, well, welcome back. Welcome back. That was my horrible radio DJ. But yeah, we're going to do some reviews now, and we're going to start out actually talking a little bit yes, let's about, talk about squids. squids. And um, squids was something that I was not expecting do you to have enjoy. it right there no i don't it's oh, actually okay. not out yet uh I don't, ooh. I don't, I played it on a demo unit i did <gasps> yes. so i played it actually on the on the <laughs> ipad sorry i had to burp <laughs> i was laughing at scott oh you're not funny i know <laughs> but um so I, I wasn't expecting to enjoy this i'm not like a, a big mobile gamer um my wife plays them pretty much constantly my um, wife cannot put her phone down. Oh, God. They're such mobile gamers. And they're all, like, hanging with friends and <laughs> words with friends. Yeah. My wife, my wife, I'm not even kidding, plays Minesweeper a lot. My wife plays Word Search. Yeah. My wife plays that, It's too. just a it's a four-by-four four grid of letters. Yeah. And then you just you find words inside of it, and it tells you how many words are in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And she plays it, like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, night and so, day, day and night. I, so I am not the biggest um, mobile gaming advocate, but um, I do think that there is something to be said uh, for the platform. And I think that um, this is the first time I really kind of felt like um, a game is a actual triple A mobile game. So I was actually really, really impressed with it and really excited by it. Um, cool. A little bit about the game itself. Um, made by a company called The Game Bakers. And The Game Bakers actually, um, the thing that kind of intrigued me when they sent me the email and that made me want to meet with them and, and talk with them for a little bit was they're all uh, like 10-year-old uh, or 10-year Ubisoft vets. <laughs> they're all 10 they're years 10 old. 10 years old. <laughs> this game is amazing. No, they, they worked for Ubisoft for a really, really long time. And so Audrey, Audrey Prince worked on like a, a ton of games. Um, she was actually the, the lead producer on uh, End War, which I really liked. Um, they worked on stuff like Ghost Recon, Advanced Warfighter, and Splinter Cell Double Agent, and Rayman, and um, so they have a lot of you know industry credit. Is Rayman the Jewish uh, Rayman? Rayman. <laughs> no, <laughs> Rayman raving rabbits. Everybody loves Rayman. <laughs> no, no. Um, so they have you know a lot of experience, and I was curious to see kind of what they would come up with. And then they sent me some screenshots, and the screenshots were were awesome. It kind of harkened back to like really old school, like um, almost Disney quality like, uh, art and animation. And this looks multiplayer too, right? Is it? Um, as or far do you as I control know, a team? Not. Of you control a team for so, whatever. Yeah. So then um, I got down to like the nuts and bolts of the game, and it's a lot like um, we once again. I don't think I've said the name. Oh, it's Squeeds. <laughs> the game is called... We get really good at just starting to review something and never actually... Yeah, so the game's called Squids. My apologies. Um, <laughs> and Squids is actually a, an interesting... You actually build a team of squids, and each squid has a, a different ability set. Um, and you have different mission objectives for each map. So it's similar to a game like Worms in that, you know, the different worms have different abilities. But Squids goes a little bit deeper deeper than that because it has the same sort of, um, I don't want to say Angry Birds mechanic, but you actually launch your squid sort of like rockets by pulling back on their tentacles. Um, but it is very, very tactical. Each map is sort of designed almost like a pinball table. And so since each, each squid has a different ability set, you can really, you can set up combos and you can, um, you know, one squid has like a set of revolvers and he can shoot. Another squid can do a stomp. Another one can fire like a torpedo. There's one that's a healer. And you can kind of unlock a different, I don't say armor, but different um, tools and different clothes for your squids that give them different abilities. And there's stats. And it's it's actually really, really deep and really, really complex. I was going to say, it looks really like 
for yeah. as far as like a phone game goes, it looks as deep as like maybe a uh, arcade title or even deeper than that. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. It is. It is very very deep feeling, and they put a lot of like the animation in it is absolutely gorgeous. Like looking at it in an iPad, I kind of felt like I was looking at a uh, an oil painting. Like everything is really really rich. The colors are really bright, and the characters have just a lot of a lot of emotion and a lot of um, real you know excellent design behind them. Uh, there was one instance where they were kind of showing me some of the different stuff you can do, and there's like a like a big area of effect nuke you can do, and you call down this kraken, and this kraken kind of comes and attacks the whole screen and attacks all your different opponents. But um, all in all, Squids was a, an absolute blast. And awesome, I was really, really impressed by it, and um, they were really, really nice. Um, super, super thick French accents. Uh, <laughs> Are maybe, they in Montreal? Or? Yeah, they were. So, well, actually, I think. Um, Audrey is currently based out of France. They actually, the whole team, there's only five of them right now that are working on it, but the whole team are all based out of different areas of the oh, world. Cool. So it's kind of like a postal service type thing. Yeah, yeah. They all mail each other different parts of the games and work on it kind of, uh, you know, at their that's own. That's awesome. That's getting yeah. easier and easier to it do. It is. But um, they kind of just said that, you know, they had done the AAA thing for so long and they decided that you know they wanted full creative control they wanted to you know start something new and and have a lot of fun making games again so they started the game bakers and then squids was born so well, well to go to what you're talking about with like AAA gaming on a mobile platform um we didn't say this in the news but GameStop is now selling and trading in iOS devices really yeah so you can take iPod touches and iPods and iPhones into trade in into the store. I don't know about iPhones, but iPod touches and i i whatever yeah iPads um and trade them in for gamestop credit or buy i o s devices there so they'll take yeah, your five hundred dollar ipad and <laughs> give you give twenty dollars twenty dollars for it and <laughs> yeah. then sell it for four seventy five yeah, yeah whatever but yeah. I'm just saying like I think that goes to the to the idea that this gaming this mobile gaming platform is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, and you know these kind of AAA titles should be feasibly being done. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can tell. Like, is um, it going to be done on a, on a small screen too, or is it made for the iPad? It's made for um, it's made for the iPhone and the iPad and the, the Android uh, coming soon. But um, you know, there's so much uh, detail put into this game. Like, yeah. this is the trend that iOS games or Android games. Sorry, hit your microphone again. If this is the trend or the path that these games are going down. I think it's going to be awesome in the future. I mean, um, somebody pointed out the other day, uh, Penny Arcade had a comic that basically said something to the effect of, "Yeah, you can spend you know fifty dollars. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can spend fifty dollars on your your uh, you know three DS three DS game." But I'll and get your one game, but I could spend fifty dollars on you know fifty mobile games and have a lot more fun than you. And I I hate to say it, but I really think that's kind of the trend. Like this may be four or five dollars, and right now it says there's six hours of gameplay with upcoming DLC, unlockable characters, unlockable clothes for six bucks. I mean, what the hell? Sure, why not? Yeah, yep. I mean, you know, you don't get it in 3D, but all that does is make me have fucking crossed eyes anyway. So. Yeah, I I think the mobile for me it's it's not it's quality for me right now. So like if if the game quality starts hitting a certain level, then I'm all about it. I'll play on my I mean I already play games on my phone, but they're just kind of like mindless like I play like solitaire and shit yeah, yeah. on my phone. You know, and I have a few actual games that I've played, but none of them are very like really deep. Mm-hmm. And if that kind of quality, I mean it'd be awesome and you know, I'm sure somebody's going to do this at some point get the license to something, but it'd be awesome to get like a 
Although I don't know, I, I'm about to say this and I'm wrong because I was going to say it'd be awesome to get like a chrono trigger or something on my phone. Yeah. But at the same time, I've played games where you control it like on the screen and I fucking hate them. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah, I guess the problem the problem for me and it's sort of like a fleeting thing is that I still want my game experiences to have narrative, you know, so even you know even with a game like um, but what prevents a narrative to be on on your phone? Well, nothing really. I guess it's just someone someone to make those games. Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. people, you know, what's popular now is like, you know, cut the rope or Angry Birds or Plants right. versus Zombies. But like, you know, that's fun to a point. Yeah, right. And it just gets repetitive, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, we'll see. Ho- hopefully, something changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Squid supposedly has a story, Scott. So hopefully, you enjoy it. I mean, it, it looks awesome. I. I hope well, I Angry to... Birds is a story. Does it? I don't know. Uh, I've, I've actually never played. It's like pigs <laughs> that steal your eggs or something. Oh, man. Yeah, and then, that, like, you get mad business. at them. Yeah. You get mad, super mad. And then you launch yourselves at them. Yeah. Don't you commit commit suicide repeatedly? You explode, right? You puff. You How puff long do you think it took to came up with that idea for that game? Like ten, five, ten minutes to do. Well, it's just that, a, I bet it was some kind of. I bet now? it was some kind of demo they did at first, and then we're yeah. like, "This is actually kind of fun." Yeah. Yeah. We'll just make millions of dollars off of this one idea. Yeah, that's probably how Kid Rock writes music too. It's on the Roku, <laughs> man. Born free. Oh, this is a great, great hook. Yeah, got it. Say it ten more times. Awesome. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> was the uh, rails. That was our talk about <laughs> Squid. So definitely check it out. Um, it's coming out for the iOS very, very soon. Looks like uh, I want to say early October. So Scott, you played uh, some another Connect game. Yeah, you are, you are getting every penny you possibly can squeeze out of your Connect. Well, I'm not. It's not the problem. Is not that I think um, that I I wasted money on the Connect. No, uh, I'm not saying you wasted money. It's just that um, if anything, you have you have not wasted money oh, on the Connect. Sure, I guess I'm just <laughs> Jones. I'm really like I, I'm really now interested in in new gameplay experiences. So I want there to be something to play on the Connect. So. Right. Um, since we're sort of at the beginning of this new season of Connect games, I've really just been looking at anytime there's a demo for a Connect game or anything available, I play it. You know? Yeah. Um, and I actually played something that I think is worth talking about, and that's a, a, an Xbox Live arcade game called Lead Me's, um, which is published by Konami. And um, it's sort of a twist on your classic Lemmings style game. So um, there are little characters who appear like in the puzzle space and you have to get them from point A to point B. But the way that you do that with the connect obviously is by using your body. So um, your avatar is represented in the game as sort of like this giant monolithic character. And uh, you use your body as the platforms and um, like the, you know, the, you move the characters from one, part of the map to the other by using your body. So it's pretty awesome actually, you know, like lemmings, the characters appear in the uh, play space. The art looks really cool. Yeah. Too. The art is really cool. And the music is good. Um, that's why I, I would, you know, I think this game is worth talking about because it's not just the gameplay mechanic and it's not just that doesn't art. use your like Xbox live avatar with like, no, no, like, like horrible little creatures. No. Like, did you ever, uh, play the, like the Zelda game? Looking. Yeah. Yeah. The Zelda game where like the big giants come out, you know, like in the middle, I think that was uh Majora's mask or Ocarina no, I never did then. Um, but anyways, you just look like this kind of giant character and uh, the lemming, you know, when the when the character, I don't want to call them lemmings, but I guess they're called lead me's. I don't know. I don't remember what they're called. But when the little dudes appear on the screen, they, they don't stop walking. Yeah. yeah. So you basically have to kind of like put your arm out. They, they'll walk up your arm and like walk to the other arm. And 
you know, when there's four of them or five of them on the screen at once, you're trying to kind of juggle them with your arms. And I think you can use your leg, too. That's pretty awesome. Um, typical uh, puzzle stuff where it's like um, you pass the level by getting so many of them to the goal. But at the same time, if you want to do extra, there are stars that they can collect while you're maneuvering them towards the goal. So it kind of introduces like a, a like a level of difficulty into the game. Um, and it also has a multiplayer component that I haven't had a chance to try, but it's like, you know, two players have to work together, like holding their arms out to let these little guys like cool. get Very from cool. one place to the other. But it's only ten bucks. It's ten bucks. It looks really good. The visuals are awesome. Um, it looks like there's maybe twenty, thirty levels in the game. Very cool. Um, with a multiplayer component, so I it's pretty awesome. I mean, if you have a connect, there's a demo. There's no reason why you shouldn't try it. That's awesome. It's great. Um, let's. Come back to Deus Ex. Let's talk the 52 first in case, right. in case I need to do any creative editing. Cool. Let's do it. So what came out this week? All right. So um, I am not getting every uh, DC relaunch title. I've been kind of picking and choosing where the comics, I'm looking at them saying like, which ones do I really want to read? What am I really interested in? Mainly because I told Scott that if you wanted to get every one, and some people are, it's it's almost two, $200 worth of comics in one month. So that is not going to be happening. But Yeah, that's a lot. We're in the we're in the bulk of the releases. So what they're doing is uh, thirteen issues every week, except for I think the last week has twelve because of Justice League the first day. Um, this week came out uh, Action Comics number one, uh, Animal Man, Batgirl, Batwing, uh, Detective Comics, Green Arrow, Hawk and Dove, Justice League International, Men of War, OMAC, Static Shock, Stormwatch, and Swamp Thing. Now, why is there a Justice League and then an International Justice League? Uh, there's there's also another one. There's a Justice League. Uh, I think they're, this they're immediately make, makes me think that oh, there's a league of superheroes, like the same the superheroes, but like ethnically colored, you know, so that you can. Well, Justice League International used to be kind of a joke. Like it was really kind of dumb, but uh, I, I didn't read it this week. I've I've heard good things. They're like the weird. They're the weirder. Like Plastic Man. Yeah, yeah. like they're just like sure. weird superheroes they throw in. Blue there, but... Beetle. Yeah. So uh... <laughs> here's your superheroes. Other countries. This is what yeah. you get. Yeah. yeah it's pretty I, I've just never been a Justice League guy, but in the same sense, I'm not a, really an Avengers guy either. I just, for whatever reason, big team ups have never been my yeah yeah my sure. forte. Um, so I picked up uh, Action Comics number one, Animal Man, Batgirl, Detective Comics, and uh, Swamp Thing. Awesome. I heard through the grapevine and through some trusted sources also about Men of War, uh, Stormwatch and Batwing. So I can talk a little bit about those as well. I did not read Green Arrow, Hawk and Dove, or OMAC. Wait, did you say Stormwatch? Yes, the old... Uh, I don't know if it's the same characters, but it's the title from, uh, whatchamacallit, the Wild universe, Storm? Wildstorm. Wait, hold on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. So Stormwatch is kind of, from what I gather, the, the guy at the store was talking to me about it, and basically he said if you're an Authority fan, you would probably like Stormwatch a lot. It's like a it's like a space Yeah, yeah. Space Launched watch. by British scribe Paul Cornell. Yeah. They are Stormwatch, a dangerous superhuman police force. Yeah, They've yeah. been around for centuries, but their yeah. existence was kept secret from the world. Stormwatch until kind of now. Stormwatch kind of spawned off the authority and then the authority. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, so they're okay. all tied in. But anyway, but you have to remember none of these are actually tied in anymore, but they're just taking the title, the familiar titles and kind of twisting yeah, them yeah, into yeah. a new thing. Okay. So but he loved it. He said Stormwatch was awesome. Great. Uh, and like I was telling Ash earlier, um, I think, or Scott, one of you two. You blend in my brain. Uh, <laughs> that's what he thinks you think sound like, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, that I, I, the most amazing thing about this to me is I have not heard a negative word about any of the comics yet. There's been 14 releases in a week, 
and there has been not a negative word spoken about a single one of the comics. Pretty awesome. So, I mean, maybe people aren't super excited about all the titles, but they're not like this title blue. It's just like, right. you know, oh, this is all kind of cool. It's all kind of different. Um, so I'm going to start off with, with my two favorite this week, uh, which were Animal Man number one and Detective Comics number one. Uh, Animal Man, I was, I am still basically completely unfamiliar with. It's about a guy who um, got into, I think he got into a plane wreck or something hit him and he got gained the power. They don't really talk about how he got his powers in the book, yeah. but he gained the power to uh, to do anything that an animal can do. He can take on animal powers. Cool. So Crazy. he can be like as fast as a cheetah, as strong as a bear. He can bark like a dog. He can bark like a dog. Yeah. That's yeah. one of them. Anus of baboon. He can poop <laughs> yeah. and throw it like a baboon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, what is crazy? Cause that all sounds pretty normal. What's crazy about animal man is the universe that he's set in. He's, he's come out as being a superhero and, uh, he is like, he just acted in a movie, uh, done by, they basically say Darren Aronofsky, but it's not, it's called like tights and it's about a, a old superhero who like comes back or whatever. It's like kind of about his story somewhat. And, okay. And he's struggling with family life and he's broke and like he loves being a superhero but it makes him no money, but his wife knows that it makes him happy, so she kind of wants him to do it. And then she he's got kids. Like there's like a huge like story surrounding this world, guy yeah. and he, you could tell he's like stressed out and all this stuff and um so a crime happens at a bank and he goes and takes care of it as animal man or not a bank, a a guy at a hospital, a guy's wife dies of cancer and he comes back and takes a nurse hostage and says he wants his wife or or his daughter. Can I ask what powers he uses to thwart this crime? He does this like weird, like, uh, he like, he calls it his like animal cocktail. Like he just, he like, he's like as fast as a cheetah, as strong as a bear. He took like five powers on him once and just like takes the guy down essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He gets shot like three times. He can mix them as well. Yeah. Yeah. He can take on like a bunch of them and, Nice. So he, but what happens is he he does this, and then when he looks back, they're like, "Oh my god, animal man, what's wrong with you?" And he's he's bleeding out of his eyes, like Ugh. just like straight I hate when that tons happens. of blood out of his eyes. Has <laughs> it happened to you recently? Yeah, you know. So yeah. he kind of gets home, and he's he's a little freaked out, but he doesn't really know. And he goes to sleep, and he enters this like dream world, this creepy, crazy. It's all black and white. The artwork is phenomenal throughout the entire book. It's uh, all black and white. And he comes in his first contact with this thing they call the red. Uh, okay. And the red is this weird vein system and it's all blood and it's totally like it turns into a horror book. Like interesting with the flip. It's just like all of a sudden it's like everything's super. He's animal man. He's like this goofy superhero. And then like he's in a weird psychological world where there's this shit coming after him. <laughs> and it's like it's like it just flips like a switch. And it's, yeah. it's really interesting. It's an awesome read. It was the only book I read this week that made me look it up on Wikipedia to find out more about who he was previously. Cool. So I could like get into it. So Animal Man number one, highly recommended. Um, the next one that that is on the top of my list right now is Detective Comics number one, which is obviously a very familiar title. Absolutely, it's been running since the forties, I think, or fifties. Yeah, a, a billion issues. Uh, rebooted to number one, it's a Batman title. Um, the artwork and the writing is done by the same guy. It's a guy named Tony S. Daniel, uh, and it is phenomenal. The artwork is is just insane, super stylized. Uh, it is a story about the Joker in number one. He's coming after the Joker. Batman's trying to hunt him down. There's been like a series of of serial killings that all kind of have his his mark on them. 
So it's Batman like doing all the detective stuff. Like you, you basically read all of his thoughts while you're going through it. So you you see him like working things out in his head, how he's going to get the Joker, how he's like one step ahead of him, and and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's very much set kind of in the setting of Dark Knight. Okay. If you're familiar with the movies and not the comic. So if you had seen the first two Batman Nolan movies, you would probably feel totally at home just picking this book up and starting to read so it. So like, very like utterly super dark, realistic. Super look. dark. Everything's going wrong in Gotham. The cops kind of don't trust Batman. They kind of hate him, except for Gordon. Gordon trusts him. Um, and, and just shit's just wrong all over yeah, the yeah. place. And then at the very end, there's this fucking crazy... I showed Ash, and I'm not going yeah. to reveal it, but there's a crazy fucking twist at the end of the book. And they introduce a new uh, bad guy called the Doll Maker. Already sounds creepy. It is super creepy, it man. Awesome. I love it though. It's like it's crazy dark and just it's awesome. It's exactly what I want in a yeah, Batman. Yeah, that's kind title. of how Batman needs to be. You know, it reminded me kind of like the old Arkham Asylum stories, which awesome. was cool. Awesome. Um, the other books that I picked up were Batgirl. Which I need is, to ask about Batgirl, which so, is Gail so Simone's book. Um, now that now that old Babs can walk, does old she, Babs can walk? Does she kick ass? Yes. Yeah, totally. Uh, she kicks ass, but she's, uh, you don't really know where in the career you are here. It seems pretty early on though. Okay. But she's totally like fucking broke. She, she moves out on her own into like an apartment with a roommate and she like hides her stuff in like a locker inside of her apartment so that no yeah, one yeah. finds it. And, uh, she just lists, she's like, she's a hacker of course, cause yeah. she's Barbara Gordon. So She's, like, hacked all the police systems so that she gets feeds in from, like, when the radios go off or when things are going wrong. She knows about them, and she'll take off and go after it. But she's a total ass kicker. But the cool thing about her is um, the way Gail Simone writes her, it's very real. She's still a girl. Like, she's still, like, that sounded horrible. She's still a girl, but she's still, like, a normal woman, you know? Like, But she just happens to know martial arts a little bit. Yeah. And when she's fighting, she's, like, constantly – they do all of her – in her monologue on like how she's going to do the fight. So she's doing like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> like there's yeah. like moments where she's like, she's like, Oh, this guy's totally reaching wrong. I've got him on the drop. I'm going to totally take him out. Oh my God. He's going to like, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. Like, and then she'll like start freaking out in her head. Cause something will happen that she wasn't yeah, expecting. Yeah, that's, and that's awesome. I like it's, that a lot. it's written really well. Um, it definitely would be my pick if detective comics and animal man weren't as phenomenally good. But as Hey, I mean, it still sounds like it's fucking good. The artwork's fin- fantastic. Um, I, I think I erroneously said Gail Simone did Batgirl previously. I think she was on Batwoman oh, okay. before the 52 happened, which was similar in tone. Um, so it seems like she kind of took that story. They they did, in fact, keep the killing joke. That, okay. That story, the killing joke's when Joker shoots Gail Simone through the spine and paralyzes her. Barbara Gordon. Or, or, Not the writer. That'd be Joker. horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't Sorry. do it, Joker. Joker shoots Barbara <laughs> Gordon through the spine and paralyzes her. Um, that storyline still exists, but the twist is that the bullet did not paralyze her. Ah. And that and and there's a moment where she thinks she's going to get stu- shot in the gut again. And when it happens, she completely freezes and like paralyzes because she's like she's afraid that the yeah it's going to happen again. Psychological trauma. Well, that's good. So it's written very awesome. Uh, the writing's great. Definitely Batgirl, especially if you're if you I would say if you're a girl and you want to get into comics and you want a strong female lead that's written really well, written from a female perspective, realistically as well. Yeah. This is this is a great comic. Um, the other ones I picked up, Action Comics which is the Superman title it has been running forever. They gave it to Grant Morrison. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel because he's weird and he sometimes fucks with characters really bad. Uh, but it's written well. Yeah. And it, it's kind of cool. It's it's like a 
the people don't necessarily trust Superman because he's an alien. Yeah, but uh, but done in a more I, I, they've grounded him a little more. I think. Okay. But still fun, still just like a fun Superman story. And then the last one I picked up was Swamp Thing, uh, purely because I've never read Swamp Thing, and this was like a good entry point. And uh, it's awesome. It's a great story. They actually kept his history too. Really? So his like background of being uh, a swamp, being a man. swamp man, uh, is there. <laughs> and Swamp Swamp Thing is actually not in the story until the last page. He shows up. Um, so they're like reintroducing him into the world too. He still loved that movie, and he's like a super kid. scientist, you know. Still, so he's he's like he actually solved some of world the world's problems, but then didn't want to give it up because it turned him into Swamp Thing when when it went wrong. So. Yeah. So it, it, great overall. Um, I wrote an article in on the blog about about my favorite favorite thing, which is going to a comic shop and seeing the comic guys be happy. Yeah, like it can be a pretty dark place. You go to a comic shop <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "I went to one the other day. I'm not going to mention the name of here in town, but I just wanted to check it out because I hadn't visited." And I was like, "I was all excited because I hadn't been to this particular shop before." And I was like asking about a few books, and the guy was like. No, we don't have that. Yeah. No, we don't have that. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, what do you guys recommend? He's like, what are you into? And I'm just was like, it the oh, one right. around the corner? Here we go. It was one around the corner, yeah. and I was like, uh, you know what? Uh, sorry, like, I, I don't think I need a little. Good. I need a little spice in my life. Little. Yeah, well, I mean, the one I go to is one of the bigger ones. It's in. It's in like a mall, but they um, usually, you know, like I said in the article, like when I worked at the record store, it's the same thing. Like when you work at a place that's kind of elitist in certain ways. Yeah you are basically required to have an opinion on just about everything that's inside of your store. It's borderline ridiculous. Like I worked at a record store. I didn't listen to, you know, Norwegian black metal and people would be coming and be like, is this Norwegian black metal album good? And I'd be like, I don't really listen to it. And they're like, Oh, how do you not know every record in the store? And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus. You know, yeah, yeah, no, I understand fully. And it's the same thing for comic guys. I mean, except it's worse. It's like, it's all red shirts coming in. I mean, generally the, the normal comic collector is the guy who knows everything about a certain character. So they'll come in and they just bitch and whine about stuff. You yep. know? Nothing's ever good enough. And, and uh, it's hard to deal with that on a day-to-day basis. I don't blame them for being down <laughs> at certain times. That's true. That's true. Uh, but it was just neat. It was neat walking in, and they were all super excited, and sales are going well. I was in on a Wednesday. I usually go in on Wednesday or Thursday. I saw probably 10 people I had never seen before in the comic store picking up a ton of DC titles. So Good. I feel like, you know, be as negative as you want about this. I think DC is doing this right. They took a ballsy move. And I think it's working out. I think it's it's kicking the industry in the pants a little bit to get people in the stores and try something new. Yeah. You know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, it's a new era. I mean, you can buy them digitally now or, or Yeah, whatever. and that and that's you had talked about, you know, oh, you know, I'd be interested in it digitally. The other big push that DC's doing is all of these comics are available on day one release digital. Um, but they are full that's price. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. So I saw some are two ninety nine from a certain vendor, but that's the cover price. Oh, okay. Some are two and some are three. How yeah, do you distinguish? No, uh, no pages. It's stuff. usually length. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm still iffy. The thing I'm iffiest about on digital is I don't know if you end up owning it outside of the program itself. Oh. I kind of feel like if I buy it for three bucks, I should be getting a PDF of the comic that I can keep. Sure, that makes in sense. In case said digital comic company goes out of business. Yeah, I yeah. don't lose my entire library of comics all of a sudden. Right, that's a good point. So I don't, and I don't know if that's the case. I haven't tried. I don't yeah. have anything to really read it on, so I'm not really pushing for digital. But it's great. Check it out if you haven't done the 52 yet. Uh, go pick it up. Those are some those are my favorite books so far. 
uh, and there's more. And next week, next week's releases are Batman and Robin, Batwoman, Deathstroke, Demon Knights, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, Green Lantern, Grifter, Legion Lost, Mister Terrific, Red Lanterns, Resurrection Man, Suicide Squad, and Superboy. I think I have Suicide Squad, Batman and Robin, and Green Lantern coming. Are the interesting. Three that I interesting. All right, so uh, we have all been playing Deus Ex. Yes. You've heard my bitches and gripes about the screen, but I'll get past that for right now and talk about the game itself. Cool. We're not spoiling it still. No, we're not. I have not not gotten close to ending it. I'm going to start off talking about some of the things that I don't like about you, Deus you Ex. Had, now, you had not played this game when we talked about it last week, right? No, okay. I hadn't. So now um, you've, and now you, you had not played. played any of the previous Deus Ex. No, I'm, I'm a noob when it comes to Deus Ex. Even in the wonderful Invisible War. Yes. No, I never played any of the uh, the, the previous Deus Ex titles. I don't know why I didn't. Um, it's kind of odd. It seems like something I probably would have really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I, for some reason, well, skipped in, them back in the day. What would you have been playing in 2000? In 2000? Shit. It was PC, right? Oh, yeah. I was probably playing a lot of Battlefield. Uh, there you go. Yeah, a whole lot of Battlefield. But um, So here's the stuff I don't like. I don't necessarily <laughs> love the, the narrative. Um, I I feel like, and this is what I was telling uh, to Derek, and actually Micah asked me, should he buy it? And I was like, the story is a little bit dry. It's like a very, 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 very Blade Runner-esque, very, very serious, super ultra-dark sci-fi. And that's cool. But also, um, you know, there's there's certain characters that uh, are important to you in the story, but they're not really given ample time uh, to develop. And um, so you're pretty much on your own for the bulk of the story, or at least that's how I kind of have felt throughout the story, that you're on your own, um, and it, it's all very... Um, your motivation as a character, I'm not really getting because you play this this chief of security, and you know, obviously, we're all far enough in the game that something terrible happens to you. You get augmented. What? Yes. Sorry. Do you get sunglasses at least? You get sunglasses. Okay, never mind. Then. You actually get to see you without sunglasses at some point. It's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> um, so you get augmented, and um, then you go on this kind of crazy whirlwind adventure. But I don't. I, I don't really feel like I knew why he wanted to go on it. You know what I mean? That's kind of like how I I mean, I, I can see that. They kind of just tell you. They're kind of like, you love this girl. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good enough for me. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. a, I'm good. I'll go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Batman voice. But, um, and also, like, I, 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 only, I always feel like in these games with, like, really deep narratives that it's only as strong as, like, your supporting cast and, and your, your arch villain and... I think all that's very important. I don't feel like the supporting cast in this game was was very strong at all. Well, I mean, I don't feel like there isn't much of a supporting cast, though. Exactly. I mean, there are. They appear. I mean, people appear over and over again, but you don't really... Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I guess uh, to me it's not that kind of game. like Like, you explained, like, you're set in, like, a Blade Runner world, but if you think about Blade Runner, like... He's on his own throughout the entire movie. There, I mean, there's yeah. supporting characters he's running into, and maybe that's what you're talking about. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's not like it. Like I think you're supposed to feel isolated and I, kind of solo, and not really have anything to rely. And that on. may totally be it. But like for me as as a player, it like it got it felt after a while very very claustrophobic. Like I was just like I kind of felt like I was. Um, because of the serious tone of it, and because of how dark it was, and because of like you know completely devoid of like 
any sort of humor or any sort of like uplifting thing happening. I was just like, man, it, it got to a point where after I think it took me 23 hours after 23 hours, I was like, this game is just depressing the shit out of me. I'm like, yeah. I just need I need to stop playing it. I thought some of the activities at the hive were were funny. In a way, did you? Yeah, I loved the hive. I thought that that was probably my favorite location in the game. I don't know what the hive is. Well, that's why we're talking about it ambiguously. Yeah, right. Yeah, the hive's a club, and it's like a a big club um, in one of the places you go to, and it's it's pretty awesome. Like, there's you know, it it's really set up. There's a secret basement. There's I find myself more enamored. I mean, I do follow the story, and I'm interested in it, but I find myself more enamored with the environments than I do just about anything else in the game. I will say the moment that I left. like the facility when you Seraph? go to Detroit, when you yeah, when you first walk out of the facility into the city, and all of a sudden you realize you're like, oh, this is an open world game. <laughs> like I was yeah. like, holy fuck, I was not prepared for this moment at yeah, all. Yeah, they're just like, hey, go do stuff because it's very much like point to point on rails, kind of like for the first couple of hours, for yeah. the first few hours, it's very like go here, go here, go here, and you just literally go wherever they're telling you without with very little like uh, you know, like I thought the first time when you go to the first. Uh, facility and save it or don't save it really right and they just helicopter you there and you just appear there and then you're in the building oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was kind of what i thought was going to happen the whole game no. and then like i did that and i got back and then it was like all right go to the limb thing and i'm like okay cool where's that and they're like it's down the street just go down there and, yeah. then, and i walked out and i was like oh there's oh, alleyways fuck, i'm in a city like yeah. this is crazy yeah they really do encourage you to just sort of wander yeah. You know, like kind of get into trouble like kind of poke around in like the buildings and stuff like that you ever that. just punch homeless people <laughs> no, I, I totally do that all the time. No, but I did Great. take the ability to punch through walls because I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Let me just start it, punching. And that one's yeah. rad. That one's rad. Have you it's, have you punched somebody through a wall when there's someone on the other side? Yeah, yet? it's hilarious. It's amazing. I was like, I was, I was trying to, I was considering a non-lethal playthrough until I realized that you could punch through a wall and kill somebody, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm take, I'm taking that. Let's go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that kind of leads to all the stuff I, I do love about the game matt pointed out to me earlier he texted me he's like oh so this is pretty much a metal gear solid game with uh, a skill tree with a skill tree and it, it plays i mean it i have never I, like because you like the way it gets described to me i was like it sounds like fallout like it kept sounding like fallout oh, over no, and over no, again no, no, yeah. no. and then i started playing and i was like this is fucking metal gear this is like <laughs> literally metal gear one yeah. with like a better system in place yeah absolutely. and a skill tree yeah like, absolutely I'm probably about halfway through the game. I think I've fired a weapon like less than 20 times. See, I picked a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that's, here's the, that's I, how you can choose to play. Though, I agree. You know. No, totally. But I agree with Ash in a certain sense. The way they introduce to you how you're going to play the game is very ambiguous. And it's very like, I didn't get it. Like they were like, do you want range or not range? And I chose range thinking that meant like snipers or something. And then it was like, here's your regular old machine gun. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. And they're like, and then, like, it just was very, it was very odd the way they did it. And then they don't seem to focus. And maybe you're supposed to be able to change, I guess. I don't know. But they don't see, like, they, they're kind of like, okay, you're going to you're gonna be lethal and you're going to be ranged. And I'm like, cool, I guess. That's what I chose. And yeah. then they're like, but we're going to let you get ammo for everything and still, like, and be very unfocused once we get you out. Yeah, and then... I think, I think, because it, it, unfortunately, this is something that happened in the original game. And I feel like without having knowledge of the original game, it kind of is confusing. Yeah. I barely remember the original yeah, game. Yeah, to go I through that way. Because ago. I really like that conversation you have at the beginning really just is like, it, it really is just a moment where you're about to go out on a mission and they're like, hey, what kind of weapons do you want? And then after that, you could throw that weapon in the gutter and pick up something else. It really yeah. has no bearing. Even in your skill tree, there's not like, 
not necessarily like a non-lethal and a lethal skill tree. And the skill tree, while I love it, is a little too big at first. At first it is. At first you're like, what the fuck? I don't know what I'm going to upgrade. And then like you just choose an upgrade kind of randomly. Like I kind of started just playing it as Metal Gear. So I was like, I want a radar. I immediately made my radar like twice the size it was supposed to be or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. radar is important. And then like, you know, I was doing stuff like that, but I was just like, it, it was very... It's very weird. I, that, I that, up, that's how they they don't. It just like once you're in the game, it's fine. But at the beginning of the game, it just feels very much like they don't introduce anything to you. They're just like play. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You're, and you're like, that's absolutely what am they, I doing? That's you know? how the game oh, is yeah. supposed to make you feel. I yeah, think. it's supposed to be a little overwhelming because that kind of it kind of I think it, it's a kind of exciting in a way where it's just like, all right, I guess I'm gonna break into this apartment, and they're like, yeah, go go ahead. It is. There's yeah. some. There's a really. I mean, part of the reason why I, after you know, playing for 24 hours, uh, I started feeling depressed because the game is incredibly immersive. Like any game that can evoke that that sort of emotion, it means it's a really good game. I mean, you just like, feel lost in the city. Yeah, you know? and like you know, and there's a lot of really kind of like dark stuff going on near the end of the game, and it's very um, you know just super super serious in tone. But the way the environments are so well done, and the music is just probably one of my favorite soundtracks in, in recent years. I love the music in it. Yeah, the music's pretty cool. Um, it's really, really great. It's like very, you know, very Daft Punk. Oh yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, you know, there's some things also that I loved. I love like the takedowns. You get an ability a little bit later on where you can take down multiple opponents. Oh, um, I took that. Oh, too. that yeah. is just the takedowns pretty... are a little jarring though. They are. They move the camera around. They, they well, because it's just like you're not playing anymore for a second. Yeah. But it's, it's like, great because you know you're going to kill one or two dudes yeah, without yeah, having yeah. to do jack shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? As long as you got batteries, you can go take out a room full of guys just by hitting X, which is cool. Um, I love that because it means it means I get to keep keep playing. But um, <laughs> yeah, as as for the weapon thing, I started off being lethal, and then I realized that my guns all really sucked. And I couldn't kill anyone for shit. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to start. I haven't been having that. Really? I was like, I was hitting people in the head and they weren't really going down. And I was just like, well. Because I feel like I'm like two, three shotting people. Yeah, the game kind of distinguishes between the weapons, like where you hit them and like focuses heavily on the mods that you can add to them as well. Maybe it was just the the rifle I was using. I mean, later on, like I I ended the game with the fully upgraded uh, revolver and it was... It shot basically grenades out of the front. Of it. No, it really it was exploding ammo. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I could kill like yeah. these giant robots in like four or five hits, which was ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, overall the game, I I really enjoyed it. Um, the most punishingly difficult boss fights in years, though. I don't know like, it seems, how far. It's almost unnecessary. It is. I don't know how far you've gotten, Matt. But I haven't the, hit a boss the, fight. The bosses in the beginning, you encounter those the cyborg mercenaries that fuck up all the doctors and destroy right, right, everything. Yeah. Are those the bosses you run? Those into are the bosses, yeah. Barrett, and they're basically like the Metal Gear bosses, like yeah, Vulcan, yeah. Raven, and per- it seriously it feels. Yeah, I, this is the Metal Gear game I have not been able to play yet. There you go. Yeah, so you obviously you have to fight those over the course of the game. And, and the the previous games did not have bosses. I should add. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? But yeah. these boss fights, and I'm sure Scott can attest to the ones that he's encountered are in fucking insanely I, difficult. I did the first one and I I just I, the first, you know, obviously I died like 10 times. Oh, I was yeah, like yeah. I was like why? Why am I what is the problem here? Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's it's cuz you know, you can't take much damage yeah. um as Adam Jensen like even if you fully upgrade your health, you can yeah. take like four or five bullets. That is pretty at brutal the very, at the very most. Uh, it seems like if you get discovered you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Like you much. just you can't you just have to figure out how to not get discovered when you don't want pretty to. Pretty much. And like the 
I mean, the last one of those cyborgs that you fight. Uh, and they, can you not iron sight? You can. Yeah, you, it's like you click the right thumbstick. It's yeah, like the right, that, that yeah. old style. Yeah, old style. Is there a direction manual that I didn't see somewhere? Because no. I feel like it's, it's in the manual. Like, I mean, there's a. I think it's in the pause menu too. Is it? I, I, I never looked at it. I can't it. read it. But the the last <laughs> the last one of the cyborgs you fight, literally, his gun has the ability to one shot you. Oh, jeez. No matter, literally, one shot. And then when you get shot, it's like a nice 20-second reload from last save to fight him again. So yeah, it's like that, that takes some time, too. All right. Well, anyway, de- de- Deus Ex, maybe next week we'll finally do our wrap-up. We can do a spoiler <laughs> for four, four weeks of Four weeks of Deus Ex. Deus Ex. <laughs> we really need these new games to come out, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> we do. Gears and we whatnot. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with your Twitter questions, and that'll be it. All right. Open thread. So Scott actually had the question this week. Yeah, it's. I mean, I know we're talking a lot about Deus Ex, but this is sort of related to that in the sense that um, there were a lot of changes made to to this game compared to the original, and, and it's stuff that you see turning up in a lot of games nowadays. And, and those are are things like regenerating health. Um, you know, there was a big stink about how all of the um, you could outline all of the items that you know the interactable items yeah. in Deus Ex with like a gold outline or uh-huh. whatever. And uh, some of the or fans of the original kind of got on on the case of the developers for doing that. Um, and then, you know, also things like DLC. DLC is sort of like a global, like, money issue. But I'm talking also talking about things in-game, like, in-game things that I, I guess you could argue make the game a little easier to play. Um, you know, are they good things? Are they bad things? Are they annoying? Do they really make the game easier? Or are we just talking about maybe improving the experience, you know, for the player? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question because a lot of gamers say that uh, we're getting coddled now and we're kind of like you know, our hands are being held a little bit more mm-hmm. as as gamers and games are being made uh, to, you know, to appeal to a broader audience. But they're also being made uh, to be much easier to play so that could be a bad thing and i I don't know i can't exactly remember but i don't think the original deus ex had like waypoints i think they just told you like you need to go here you had to visually identify that place that they were telling you about and find your way there yeah so you had the like in quest tracking is another thing too right Um, but i the uh the worlds 11 years ago were not nearly the size of the worlds today exactly and if they just say hey go here find it I would I would murder somebody if I could not put a waypoint on a map or or find my yeah. way to it. Yeah, in there some way. there were things in the original game that you would actually you'd be like at a bar you hear over here two characters talking about something that was a quest and if you weren't paying attention to the conversation right. and follow up on what they were talking about like it never would have happened for you. Huh. And nowadays you would approach that character they'd go like hey and then a quest would pop up in your log and then you'd go handle it. Yeah. Right. And so like there are a lot of changes that have been implemented over the years to sort of like i don't know like i guess that's the opinion i'm looking for is like do they make the games easier or is that even really the issue of like just making the games playable well here's my opinion um the one that you brought up regenerating health um that was really first introduced by gears of war um and was it yeah that was where it started they were the first yeah they were the first um Halo, halo had regenerating shields but your health bar didn't come back so Gears was the first to actually have like a regenerating health system, as far as I'm aware. Um, 
I think it, that kind of revolutionized shooters because to we me, we didn't really have health in Halo. You didn't have health in Halo. You just have a shield. Just a I shield? thought you could take a couple of hits after the shield went down. You could, then... oh, but there's okay. no like health bar. There's oh, no okay. health bar. Oh, okay. I, don't th- I don't think so. I think you just had your shield. But um, go ahead, though. Sorry. I um, very well in my memory, uh, Battlefield Bad Company One was the last shooter that I played that didn't have uh, a regenerating health system. It had this strange, like you had to refill your life with like a health syringe. Sure. And you had like a limited number of health syringes and then you had to get health packs. Um, I am so fucking glad that that, that is over because it really having to, um, you know, administer syringes to yourself or health packs to yourself, some kind of magical spray. That, yeah. That, that, makes, that, that takes you away from the gameplay. It takes you out of the action because now you, you can't fight at your full capacity, you know, and, and shooters, especially with regenerating health, it's all about you like overcoming insurmountable odds. You know, what can you do? And you don't want to be pinned behind cover for half an hour waiting, you know, for the yeah. opportune moment to go grab a health pack. It's like, you want to be able to, to stand up and fight again as soon as the action dies down. So I, I tried I'm to totally th- crazy. There was health. And, oh, was there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I tried to think about this from like air quotes, like a realism standpoint, you yeah. know, and uh, I think, you know, obviously both approaches are not realistic, but I feel like the regenerating health is probably more accurate. Because if you would imagine, I don't know, like, let's say you were shot, you know, in combat, what would you do? You'd probably hide behind cover and wait until you felt better. Yeah, yeah. And I think that with regenerating health, that kind probably of... probably hope somebody came and got you. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> or whatever the case may be. Like, you know, like if somebody punched you in the gut and you had to run away and like wait to regain your strength or yeah you know what I, mean? I mean it's supposed to be like most of these people that have regenerating health are like armored dudes right or armored ladies and it's like it's supposed to be like you're taking too much fire your armor is going to get penetrated you need to fall back for a second and if you don't then you're going to die that's sort of what i think but the see, mentality I think, of it I think is this all leads to the idea that like games want to be beaten now yes I don't think that was always the plan in the beginning. I think the beginning was more heavily Japanese and it was more difficult for difficult sake. And if you won it, it was like a badge of fucking honor that you beat Mega Man two, you know, or whatever. Kind of now it's like reading a book. And now it's like, it's a story that you're playing and they want you to get through the story and putting things that impede your way through, do nothing but frustrate. I think, I think the idea is that to me, at least to me, I, I appreciate those kind of systems, even having been playing games for 20 years, because yeah. now I feel like, oh, I can finish games. I mean, like the list of games on Sega that I never beat is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I beat like five Sega yeah, games. Yeah, like they the were... Genesis games were insane, and yeah. they were yeah. nearly unbeatable, all of them. And like you beat like four, and you're like, I, I beat fucking well, Shadowrun. there were no you fucking know? save points. No save like, points. You, you couldn't save yeah. in the old games, you know? And that's And that's another thing I was thinking about in this debate, too, is that like this one, the original Deus Ex had um, save and load, like quick load and quick save that you could do at any time. Oh, yeah. So if the argument is like, oh, well, not having regenerating health makes the game easier, or I mean, right. having it makes it easier. Like, well, in the original, I could just save state before a battle. Sure. It didn't go the way I wanted. Just reload and try it again. I tried a thousand times. I'm bound to beat it one but, of those times. But in, you know, when I'm doing design work in Photoshop and it fucking crashes on me and I didn't save, even though I have the fucking option, I'm still mad as fucking hell yeah, that exactly. I just lost whatever happened. Like, I, I think that that's like the, that's like the, like 
maybe you put a hardcore mode in then that does that. Like to me, it's like, that's not what I want. I want right. to play a game to Agreed. play the game, not to like be challenged to the point of screaming and throwing my controller, which I don't know about you guys, but I have found myself doing less and less as time goes on with games. Maybe it's because they're easier. Maybe that's the point you're making, but maybe it's also because games are playable now. I, I agree. I think I, I'm a firm believer that the new like waypoints, directional arrows, um, you know, like in Dead Space. Oh, that's they, I miss that in some games. Like yeah, I yeah. wish I could hit something and be like, oh, it's fucking that way. Yeah, because I mean, okay, a lot of people say again that that that's hand holding. You know, like right. the games need to be harder, but I don't think that detracts from the overall playing experience. I think they're basically just giving us some tools that make the game more fun to play. I tell like, you what, because you only need to find out where that waypoint is one time. To remember where it is, or they could just show you how to get there. I mean, yeah. like you would imagine, like if you've already played through the game one time, like that element of like, oh, where is that? That that's gone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there is a point in Deus Ex where um, you lose. I mean, something happens in the story. You lose your waypoints. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have mission objectives, multiple mis- mission objectives, with no guidance for a good two hours. You're kind of just like old school, like, hey, there's something in this building. You got to find it. We're not going to tell you where it is. So it's like a scavenger hunt. And that worked because like it worked with the narrative. But I don't think that, you know, if the whole game was like that and they're just like, go to the police precinct and talk to this guy and there's no fucking waypoint, I would have been like... That's that's the original though. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. He's like walking the streets, like talking to homeless people like, hey, where's the police station? I did... did this came to me while we were talking, but like Dead Space is a system that still has health, but that's supposed to be like a frightening game. Yeah, yeah, you know. So you well, are... but there's there's point like that's a part of the game, right? Just having like uh, non regenerating health for the sake of difficulty is like it's like oh well now I can only get shot once well, as I mean, opposed to before I could get shot ten times. I guess yeah. I could see the argument of of why can't that be an option? You know, I could see like hardcore mode stripping some of that stuff away from you. Maybe that would be cool, but. But I mean, in general, like I, I don't. It's it. Uh, we'll get to it. I agree with you. I I just want to experience the story, the game, the narrative. Like I want to see from start to finish what they created. You know. Well, there's there's this attitude I feel like from from hardcore whatevers, whether it be like, and I talked about it a little in the comic article, whether it be comic fans or gaming fans, that like, you know, it needs to be this way. Like, why isn't it super hard? And why isn't it this and that? And it's like. Well, because there's they're like for the game industry to exist, you are not the p- opinion anyone cares about, and I'm sorry that sucks. Yeah, not yeah. anymore. They yeah. want to hear you, and they want to know what you are interested in and what you're thinking about. Maybe what the future of gaming might be to you, but to actually sell a game, you're not the one they're aiming at. I, like it sucks for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah. It's like a hard truth, you know. And and I think what's funny is that the stuff that the that the uh, I'm getting like the stuff that the comments were um about quickly turn to the dlc so i wanted to get yeah, yeah. we'll go ahead and read the first one right. here yeah let's go ahead and read some twitter comments um first one is for from uh at goodbye tonight and she states that i love regenerate i love regenerating health but i hate the constant stream of day one dlc churned out for 60 dollars, put it in the game from the start and this is kind of uh what we talked about earlier where it's like the games are expensive to buy but even more costly to the developers to make so some Somewhere in between, like, they need the money. So yeah. what if they waited three weeks for three DLC? Weeks? What if they wait a month? Is that, I well, mean, is that, I, is that the, is the issue the time that they're putting it out makes it feel like, oh, you strip this out of the game? Or is the issue that there's DLC at all? Here's my 
it, here's my um, problem with with DLC haters, and I totally I, I agree with her by the way. But um, to play devil's advocate, uh, you don't have to buy any of it. Like the game's still going to function perfectly without an internet connection, and of course without that DLC, you're still going to get the full experience. Um, it's that inner feeling that you're missing something that makes you buy it in the first place. And that's not to say that that you know maybe it was removed from the game just for the purpose of making more money, but I don't think for the most part it, it's it's going to be part of the core narrative of a story. They're not going to like take a, a chapter uh, that was important out of a story and make you buy it separately. I I sometimes I wonder about like maybe it's maybe part of it is the nature of the DLC. Where, you know, had you pre-ordered Deus Ex, you would have gotten a couple of weapons that, you know, having them in the beginning of the game is is cool. Having them for the boss fights was helpful, you know, to have certain weapons given to you already, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. There aren't, I don't think there are a lot of cases where it's like, oh, without this DLC, you can't play the game. And and really, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is um, like the EA sports games where it's an online pass. And the only time that you don't get that is if you buy the game used. Yeah. Well, but I would I agree. Some, I mean, to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. Oh man, double devil. Uh, I would say that um, that th- I had not bought a a single piece of DLC until I played Mass Effect Two. I think actually, no, we I basically think I like it for forced one. you. We're like, you have to play it. And then I got it, and I was like, it was fun because it added to the experience. But it, it the game was good enough from the start to make me want to buy it. I think what annoys me and what's annoying her. And what what's shitty about it feeling is when you say, here's a game, here's DLC. It's like, why is it like, what? <laughs> you're on the first day, you guys can't, like, it just seems greedy at that point. It seems like, yeah. and fuck, I mean, I know we're all talking about how expensive it is to make games. Gears of War is going to make their money back tenfold. Oh, regardless, yeah, yeah. they could put no DLC out and Gears of War would still clearly topple whatever. It's already they're... technically made like yeah, in uh, raw sales like $70 I million. Mean, dollars, that's, yeah. That game is just, it's clearly going to make its money back. So when a game like that does it, it feels like, Wait, and they tried to do it with Bulletstorm and and canceled it. They were like, "Oh, oh we're at day one in DLC. That'd be ridiculous." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me ask you a different question then, because you brought up Mass Effect, and yeah, Mass Effect had DLC, but um, in a way, it's kind of like DLC that you could have experienced like in line with the actual story. So, like, if but I were... also don't buy weapon packs. I buy DLC. It's like story related. Oh, but I'm saying okay. Well, I mean, like La Noir kind of did this as well. With La Noir, you could have had the game long enough before DLC came out to beat the game. Mm-hmm. But then they released um, individual cases that when you go to access them, show up like interspersed throughout the storyline. So if you actually had all this DLC right. and went back for another playthrough, you would have been playing these cases along the way. Well, I mean, I would have loved to have Kasumi in you know, some of the final battles of Mass Effect. I didn't. I didn't play that stuff till after I'd beaten Mass Effect 2. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, It would have been cool to like have some of these stories like in my first playthrough. Right, but I guess what I'm saying is that didn't make me mad that I didn't have those stories. It made me happy that there was more game to experience that I enjoyed. And that's sure. where, like, when you release DLC on day one, that's not more game for you to experience that you're enjoying. That's them jamming more game for more money, like, immediately at you. Like, you haven't even enjoyed... Like, literally, what if Gears sucked? You'd have no idea, and you're getting yeah. DLC on day... Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's not going to suck, but... Yeah. But it's just, like, it's just an odd system to be like... Okay, yeah. Like, here's your $60 game, here's your $30 DLC. And you're like, I haven't even decided whether I enjoy this game for $30 yeah, more. Yeah, that's true. You know? Okay, well, let's... Here's uh, the next Twitter response kind of brings up a different kind of 
facet of this. And um, Midtown583 wrote two comments, and I want to talk about the second one a little bit, but his first comment was, Fallout New Vegas DLC improved the game's storytelling. So I think with that type of DLC, that's the kind of extends yeah. the experience. Yeah. Um, his second comment was, I hate it when games like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 release an Ultimate Edition not long after you've paid full price. So let's look at something like Street Fighter 4 came out, and then I don't know how much longer it was, but then Super Street Fighter 4 came out afterwards. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has sort of been Capcom's thing for, God, 20 years now. So, uh, you know, Turbo, Super Street Fighter Turbo Ultimate yeah. Edition. I mean, you it, this you have to expect this from Capcom, and I don't think it's necessarily a money grab. I think they put so much time into into balancing um, into balancing the characters that they kind of need to put out these new additions with new characters in order to keep like the fans really satisfied and in order to keep everything balanced because they're not only it's not only for the addition of new characters it's also to to tweak out all the old ones and make them uh competition you know make what, them competition what would you guys think of of a model like let's take gears for example yes and let's say um this is totally not real so i think i'm making this up but let's say this was feasible let's say you buy chapter 1 of gears for 10 dollars and then Alucard Gaming. And then you buy Chapter 2 of Gears because you enjoyed Chapter 1 of Gears for another $10. That's kind of like those adventure games like the Penny Art, you know, Sam and Max or Back to the I Future. I mean, do you, do you feel like that's that's a better model where you don't feel like you're getting ripped off because you're buying it as you're enjoying it? And if it fucking sucks, you spend 10 bucks, you never tr- you never touch it again? I would hate or that. Or would you hate that? I would hate it. I, I want the story from beginning to end. If you want to give me more chapters as DLC later... That's fine. If I feel like going back and playing more of that game, then I'll do it and I'll pay the, the ten or fifteen bucks. But um, kind of sounds like a peep show. Yeah, like I don't <laughs> want. I don't want to thought. see little little chunks of games come out. I would do you think that would work for certain kinds of games? Maybe Gears is just a bad example. I think or? with those adventure games, somebody. I mean, someone must have bought those. But like again, with that, you know, those. I know that someday those will be released as complete games. Right. You know. Um. So I mean, for me, that's not that doesn't do it you know yeah that's not the answer i don't i don't. I mean like i don't really know what the answer is for like needing to have that extra money to compensate for all the time well but i mean do you think it is just a time in? thing with this dlc with this day one dlc well it's almost like a penalty for being an early adopter because like we talked about offline we know that someday there's going to be a gears of war yeah. 3 box that includes all of the dlc all stuff. and yeah. it might be like uh, two years from now but we know it's coming yeah you yeah. know just like borderlands did that and uh, Uncharted 2 put out the same thing, Resident Evil 5. But, I mean, that's kind edition. of the curse of the early adopter. I mean, when you're a tech early adopter, you know, this, the phone I own that I got for a penny was $250 when it came out. Yeah. You know, and a year later, it's a penny. Like, uh, like that's just kind of what fucking happens to early adopters. You get stuff early because you want it early, so you're willing to pay the premium for it all. So maybe that's the line that's drawn in the sand right there. But then when did, I guess, I mean, obviously, like, I don't feel by feel burned by Gears because I really could give two shits. Like, I'll just wait. I, it's, it's just not one of those games that I have to play on day one. Yeah. But, like, obviously some people are feeling burned. I don't know. Uh, I mean. Uh, are they feeling burned? Am I making this no, up in my you're head? you're not. I mean, there's a lot of people that, like, honestly, like, our, our friend Clayton doesn't get DLC because he feels like it, it's all a money grab. And yeah. he feels like it's, you know, it's an evil kind of corporate thing. But, um. You know, me, like, we had this conversation at, at dinner last night. Like, there are some games that I would pay more than $60 for because they are 
uh, of that quality. And so if DLC kind of factors into that. If you want more of something you love, you're going to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, just to compare it, like if this were Mass Effect and they were like $30 for a season pass, I'd be like, boom, where do I sign up? Yeah, yeah, So that, that is, yeah, that is the difference. Yeah, so, okay, mm-hmm. let's go... Um, Let's do one one last uh, Twitter response, and then we're gonna we're gonna call it a morning. Uh, this one's from uh, Mr. Michael Coles at Michael Coles, and uh, he says RPGs, i.e., Mass Effect, uh, the perfect example. Games gameplay should serve the story, not get in the way of pace, fun, and let, enjoyment. And let me just say, uh, I was confused by this tweet for like five minutes because I thought he meant that there were rocket propelled grenades in Mass Effect, and I was like. <laughs> When were there RPGs in Mass Effect? <laughs> Hilarious. Ooh, it happens to the so, best of yeah. us. So he's basically saying that um, the gameplay like, uh, should serve the story, not get in the way of pace, fun, and enjoyment. And that's and a I comment agree. on like regenerating health and yeah. waypoints and stuff like that. Having maps, yeah, maps. And I agree. Like all that, all that stuff that benefits you. Why the hell not? You know, like if. I don't think um, I'm can... a story guy, so I agree with yeah. this comment. And 100%. like now, there's actually difficulty settings in games. Back in the old days, there kind of wasn't. So um, you so can... you can make it more difficult. Yeah, if that's you can what play you want. it. If of you course. want a Mass Effect to be really hard, play it on fucking insanity. Go oh, ahead, yeah, it's knock your rough. fucking socks off. You know. All right. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it'd be something interesting to talk about. I mean, because I need these things are changing, but like maybe we know what the purposes are. You know, the reasons behind it at this point. Yeah, I think I think playability is is big. Um, usabil- usability is not gamer maker people, <laughs> but playability definitely is. And and I think these things all add to playability. The DLC thing, I mean, I think it's just a reality. We've been being told by the game industry for a decade now that games are getting too expensive to make, and the only way they can pull this off is finding some way to make more money off their game. And whether you like it or not, as far as the difficulty goes, these games need to have a broader appeal in order for these companies to sell more Continue units. going, yeah. yeah. Indeed. All right, so that is the end of episode 36, Rated NA. Please head to iTunes and t- take a look at uh, Rated or NA Zoom. on iTunes. <laughs> or or Zoom. Zoom Marketplace. Poor Zoom Marketplace. And give us a rating. And uh, also, you can always find us at, at NerdAppropriate on Twitter. Send us a message there. We reply to pretty much every single person that and, tweets us. And uh, we also have a Facebook page. We do. If you, like, Slash if you like to like things. If you like to like. Yeah, do a little uh, Facebook search for Nerd Appropriate and we come right up. We appreciate your love. Thank you, guys. All right, that's it for this week. We are out of here.